This is No Halos Here, hosted by Jen Lang and Jane Stark, the place to inspire a change in your consciousness to elevate the world. We're two heart-centered business owners nourishing our inner rebels while growing our respective businesses. No Halos Here is the result of bringing together an opera singer turned spiritual mentor and a marketing professional turned well-being coach to meditate daily. Together, we unite physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual energies into a powerful presence to lead, heal, and inspire. We love exploring the shadowed edges of life, the universe, and beyond through honest and thought-provoking conversations. Let's dive in. Okay, hi everybody. Welcome back to another episode of No Halos here with Jen Lang and Jane Stark. Today we have a fantastic re-guesting experience with a really good friend of mine and wonderful, wonderful all-around human being, Laura Craddock. She is an intuitive and full-spectrum coach. We are going to ask her more about that shortly. And she's passionate about helping people to tap into their own inherent wisdom, heal and live a life full of purpose and energy. She holds space for sacred space for sensitive souls, intuitives and healers, and she's on a mission to continue raising awareness on the healing of trauma and helping the world to become a more trauma-informed place. Now, this is a term that's thrown around a lot. Um, but before we jump into this, I'm going to let Laura say hi. Hi. Hi, Laura. <gasps> hi. It's nice to have nice. you back. Thanks. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me. It's so awesome to have you back on the show. So we're going to reference the previous episode that Laura was a guest on into our show notes. And we've asked Laura to come back because it was such a juicy um, conversation a few months ago. And we widely wanted to dive into the way that nutrition can support trauma. And so we're just going to dive into that topic. But why don't before we do that, why don't we find out a little bit more about what this full spectrum coach is? for yeah. you, Laura. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I've, I've been trying to always trying to figure out what to call myself and um, full spectrum coach really is encompassing integrative health and just focusing on overall health and well being spirituality, prosperity, purpose, helping people tap into their creative flow. And, uh, you know, I developed this really beautiful coaching container to hold space for people. And as humans, we're, it's not just one thing, right? Like whenever we're looking at something and we're thinking, oh, I really want to transform this area of my life. It, it, how we are in one area is typically how we are in every area, right? So when we look at like, oh, I'm, I'm not in alignment with where I want to be, in my business or in my relationship. And, you know, there's so many tools and resources that we have where I'm able to combine, you know, going into somatic work and then looking at the nutrition piece, looking at any potential traumas that haven't been properly addressed and, you know, going into those aspects of, of the self and helping support the individual to really move through those those pieces in order to open up to the capacity to receive what is truly meant for each person wow that's a 
Big description. I love it. I know it's a lot of things, but I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm multi-passionate and very interested in, in a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to bring that to my container and to my clients because you know, we feel like we go into, go into the medical office or we go to a therapist or we go to a coach and we have all of these different pieces that we we kind of you know are plugging in together but to have everything all in one container it's like let's just bring it all in here and let's talk about it all and and so you know in sessions it's it's oftentimes where we're like hey let's talk about you know all of the things I'm like what are you eating how much sleep are you getting mm-hmm. how you know how how is this showing up here and so you know we do a lot of combination of mind base, shadow work, light work, all of that blended in together. It's interesting. You, as you were sharing it, that, you know, those different tools and things, the word self-care popped into my head, right? Mm -hmm. How are you sleeping? How are you eating? And and we label that as Mm self-care. And, and I think this is where we're going to go with this discussion today, but looking at that as that's not just self-care as in, oh, you know, look after yourself and it feels good. It's actually so much deeper than that. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. you're going to share on. And so just looking at how those different facets support our nervous system on such a deeper level. And I think we sometimes miss that and forget that. And, you know, and that regulation piece is so important for our nervous system. And so maybe could you give us a little bit of insight and background into, you know, we throw around the term trauma. And as Jen said, I said, trauma informed has become a bit of a, let's call it a bit of a buzzword Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. in, in our space lately, but how does that tie into also just nervous system regulation and on a day-to-day basis, what we need to be doing to keep our nervous systems um, regulated and calm versus trauma and what, like, would you separate those or? Well, it's a lot. I mean, a lot of it kind of blends in together, right? Because everything stems from the autonomic nervous system and how we're, it's, it's such a, it's a blend of like ancestral trauma. You know, we have, we've got things that are encoded in our DNA from our ancestors that were just naturally wired because it was it was passed down to us for a reason mm-hmm. right back in when we lived in communities and that information was very valuable to know like okay our environment that we're in right now we need to be wired so that we know like if we're around bears or if we're in Africa and we need to know Mm -hmm. that we need to run from lions or wildebeest then that that's important information and now we've become colonized and it's lost its context so that's one piece of it Mm -hmm. and then the next piece is early development, how our nervous system is being regulated based on our caregivers. They say up to age 18, which I think it's, it's much longer than that, but children into early adulthood don't have the capacity to regulate their own nervous systems. 
So they need their caregivers to help regulate the nervous system. And it's being wired a certain way based on the environment that they're in. Yeah. And that's fascinating, right? Because when you start mm-hmm. to think about that and if you're co-regulating that way, but if that breakdown, like what you were sort of even talking about, the generational breakdown starts mm-hmm. to happen, mm-hmm. then you just don't have that. And it's not distance. anyone's fault, right? Because it's like, it's just continues to get mm-hmm. passed down. And, and so we're, and we're naturally, uh, trauma is our our birthright and part of our human experience it's meant to keep us safe can you say that again trauma is our birthright and it's part of our human experience that is huge i think Mm -hmm. that needs to land with people because we look at trauma i think so often and think oh it's something that happened to me or it's something Mm -hmm. bad right versus like it's part of the human experience or like my life would be better if i didn't have trauma well actually would it because that those moments of that human experience where we have these experiences that help us grow it's Mm -hmm. from those traumatic experiences that we find that grit or we find that experience or we find that learning in order to be able to interact with our world more effectively. Now, sometimes it goes a different route, but in in all cases, there is an aspect of learning, growth, and experience that are, as you said, Laura, part of the human experience. And I mean, it's, 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 we're hardwired for that because it's meant to protect us, you know, or, our systems are designed to, you know, the, the, the first thing that happens. So trauma, the easiest way to describe trauma is when an overwhelm, anything that happens that overwhelms the, the nervous system that's too powerful and too fast. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's, it's information coming through. Doesn't, it can be a threat or a perceived threat but whenever that information comes in too powerful, too fast, heart rate increases, digestion shuts down, all of the adrenaline goes to the top of the brain and the legs, executive functioning shuts down, and the reptile brain, which only has three functions, fight, flight, or freeze. Fight and flight, and then freeze is the last resort. So So where does... Sorry, on that, I just wanted to ask, have you have, so I've been hearing a lot lately about fawning as a fourth mm-hmm. one now. Mm-hmm. Does that fall into that category or is that something a little bit different? Yep. It does. It does. And so fawning, fawning is a more covert trauma response. Mm-hmm. Fawning is, is something that also can often happen in early development too, where, you know, if there's, there's dysregulation or, there's not been the proper support to fully express the true authenticity of who we are, then fawning can happen. And it's people pleasing to avoid a threat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, that's been a really interesting one for me. That's when one of my, as I've done this work and started to become more and more aware, I'm like, Ooh, that, that's a big, that's the response that I often go to. I think it's also a really common response in women in general. 
-hmm. It's because it was a survival tactic for so many thousands of years. And I'm not saying that men don't do it, but I feel like it's, it's a more of a default response in women Mm -hmm. through their life circumstances and through that aspect of needing to survive and grow and change. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we want to talk about ways to support these processes and where we find ourselves of course we're finding ourselves now come bumping up against two years of pretty consistent stress fear um trauma for many people Mm -hmm. and reduction in movement reduction in quote-unquote normalcy Mm -hmm. and so how can people as we approach this holiday season, sometimes we're already in it because Hanukkah's yeah. already started for, for many for the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. So it's as we're in this holiday season and moving into this state of heightened energies, how can people support themselves? They, they don't have to do it all at once, but what are some really great ways to support themselves with food or nutrition? Yeah, so food and nutrition are a great way to help regulate the nervous system. There's a lot where, you know, uh, there's a lot of people who even, you know, anxiety can be a a big trauma response. And a lot of people who have, you know, anxiety or ADD or ADHD are often traumatized. You know, it just kind of that overactive anxious nervous system and there's a lot of things that can really activate that more when we look at nutrition and you know one of the big things is caffeine so using Mm -hmm. you know people who drink a lot of caffeine um are often you know pretty activated a lot of the time and that is because caffeine increases adrenaline and the you know the when you are in that trauma response, the body is already increasing that adrenaline and the adrenaline and then the overproduction of cortisol. And they, those stress hormones don't break down in the body. So it just continues to recirculate through the body and you can have a, you know, anxiety attack or just feel overwhelmed and can come out of nowhere because that adrenaline is just moving through the system. And then when you add coffee to that, it just increases that even more. So, so that's one way that food can ne- not necessarily work for you. It works right. like the caffeine right. and the coffee work to exacerbate an already existing underlying stressful underlying. So somebody's say their baseline stress level is like seven out of 10. Mm-hmm. because of life work environment mm-hmm. or whatever and then if they layer on caffeine it means they're operating at an eight maybe a nine mm-hmm. and then you layer on another experience another mm-hmm. stressful experience and all of a sudden they're redlining and then the body's gonna have this massive event yeah. we don't know what it might be it yeah. might be a complete shutdown it might be some form of heart attack stroke or similar it might be an exacerbated panic or an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. so probably cutting the caffeine is one of the most awesome things you can do yeah and it's it's sometimes it's not that easy like whenever we start even talking about nutrition you know there's a lot of people who have a lot of triggers around food yeah and really everything that everything that we do 
is like out of a trauma response is is for a need for safety and when you take that safety away and you don't have the capacity to find stability that can be also very triggering and activating mm-hmm. so you know coffee and the the running on you know that overactivation becomes normal so then when you let that go and the healing and it starts to the body is con- so super contracted and constricted right so like the the trauma is happening and then everything tightens up in the system and the body is just like whoa what's going on and then you know everything is projecting out like okay i'm looking for threat i've got to run or you know that's where highly sensitive people like a lot of us are, are traumatized and that's why we have these superpowers that we're able to like project out and feel everything. Mm-hmm. And, and it, a lot of times is, you know, the body is just so constricted. The mind is trying to make sense of everything. And that's where that is happening. And so you know, and that becomes normal. It's like this becomes part of the identity, it becomes normal. And when when that is taken away, those behavioral patterns, uh, the the calmness, the expansion in the body actually gets confused, like thinking that being in the trauma response is the safe thing. Mm -hmm. And the healing is not the threat. threat. So how do you how do you support how do you, how do you navigate through that? Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's a really slow process and, you know, it's a combination of, and each individual is different. And, you know, for people it's, you know, having a, a, a somatic therapist or, you know, a practitioner that can help support them through that process of understanding it's, it's really, a, you know, slow going into somatic work leveraging nutrition it all depends on the individual and where you start to slowly peeling those layers away but the more information that they have too i know for me you know i I mean i come from this from my own personal experience and Mm -hmm. being a a parentified Mm -hmm. child and not having anyone to regulate to my nervous system is have have an extra nervous nervous system (laughs) and so, you know, things can go really, really haywire and I, and I'm very aware of that, but it, it's, it's about, you know, understanding, like when you even explain that to somebody, you then now have more information of like, okay, I know that this is going to happen, have yeah. this expectation right. setting of like, okay, this is normal, right? Like I'm letting these things go. I'm probably going to feel pretty activated as I'm starting to be in my body again, because we're very disconnected from the body. And it's like, oh, it's really uncomfortable and scary to be in the body, not safe. Yeah. Yeah. And because the last, the last time that they felt safe was right before the trauma occurred. Mm -hmm. So it's almost that level of anticipation of Mm -hmm. what the expectation of what might happen if if I take away this level, mm-hmm. moving of back, being, 
in that protector mode and keeping those protectors and then you take the protectors away and it's like whoa you know that can be so how might that show up in sort of layperson's terms of that might show up as like sleep if you've are if you've got say a balance going on where Mm -hmm. you know you've had a life where you know you have a few drinks a week but it's not every day or you're using other activities to i'm just going to say numb an experience Mm -hmm. and then you remove those activities and you stop the drinking Mm -hmm. or you know right off and then how might that show up with that result in like needing to sleep more sleeping less you talked about being activated so that's just this is it's realigning the body how does it how's that show up in day-to-day terms well it all depends on the person you know and if they've been using alcohol to numb and then they take away the alcohol there can be anxiety and depression and overwhelming emotions and you know having having them be held and supported in that process and a lot of it is going into the body and doing that somatic work you know really going in there and like everything is in the body right like all of the trauma is held in the body and those constrictions and those charges and unprocessed emotions and so really going deep in there and allowing those things to be seen and felt and held and acknowledged yeah. helps to it's it's like feel it all right go in there and f- allow it to be felt in a way that's probably not been it hasn't been felt before right yeah. and and then it moves but it takes some time and it takes you know working with somebody that can help hold that space and understand that and let them you know because there's a lot of people that are really activated out there and trying to get them in their body just isn't going to work you know and so when that and, and when there are people who we just absolutely can't get them in their body right off and go into some of the somatic practices nutrition is another angle of just hey let's start here and we can leverage some of the nutrition helping phase off of coffee, using, you know, things like the bean protocol from Karen Hurd's bean protocol, which is you're just adding in 15 grams of soluble fiber every single day. Beans is the highest source of soluble fiber. You can get that from, you know, one can of beans. It's like a cup and a half of beans, I believe, Hmm. a day. Wow. And what does that do for you? So beans, soluble fiber, because adrenaline and and those stress hormones in the body don't break down, they continue to get recycled through the liver. Um, The soluble fiber acts like a net that attaches to the hormones and toxins and pull them out. So that will help remove that excess adrenaline and get it out of the body. And so that starts to help balance and create more space in the body. Wow, that's fascinating. So it's kind of acts like a big sponge that soaks up all that extra stuff and then it just is naturally excreted from your body with the waste process. I have heard of, I, I knew about that, about pulling the hormones and stuff out, but I didn't know beans. Like I never really thought about it as a protocol like that and how, and thought yeah. about it in that context. 
Yeah, um, it's so simple. And the, I mean, there's a the whole bean protocol she's got listed out, which is pretty, you know, it's it's you know, beans and then uh, lots of, of vegetables and lots of greens and then uh, a protein and roasted salted nuts. And so there's the whole bean protocol and we can share that Jen if you want to add yeah. that in the show notes because there's a, a link to a blog that that lists it out and then if people are interested um, and Karen Hurd is a nutritionist who um, has has you know created this bean protocol she's a nutritionist and a biochemist and um, it's just really great powerful information and I've I've used it and then I did, you know, a trauma healing class last year and I've, you know, shared it with my clients and, and it's been very supportive and helpful and so simple. Like you don't have to go in this big, huge fat diet, even if it's just, Hey, just start adding in a can of beans every single day. Now, wherever you give, are. do you give recipes? Do you give ways? <laughs> like I'm sitting here <laughs> like, thinking, yeah. how am I going to eat a can of beans every day? <laughs> Like a cowboy, just open them up and just eat them. Literally, out of the... like, <laughs> do refried so beans count? <laughs> yes, they do. They do. And well, so, and people ask, so like refried beans, black beans, pinto yeah. beans, chickpeas, okay. any of yeah. those, not green beans. So people ask, yeah. I mean, green beans are okay as a vegetable, but they're not, not the you know, yeah. they're not as fibrous as those, you know, but any beans work. And bean pastas and bean flowers and yeah. all of that there's i mean there's tons of bean pastas out there now mm -hmm. so that that and, counts yeah it does okay, cool it does and for for vegans and vegetarians who don't do you know don't want to do the animal protein it's just important to make sure that they mix the beans with rice so that they get that yeah. perfect protein yeah blend yeah. yeah i knew about okay. the rice and bean combo but go mm -hmm. ahead jane Oh, I was just going to ask. So the idea here is that there's the specific bean protocol, but, and I know you have other herbs and other mm -hmm. nutrition tools, but using food to help mm -hmm. sort of bring the nervous system down yeah. as a first sort of stage or, and obviously in combination with other stuff and other mm -hmm. somatic work, but I liked what you were saying. And actually, before I go there, I was actually just going to ask you before, when you were talking about somatic work, can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea of what that is? Again, I know it's a term that's starting to be more and more common, but for people who don't really know what somatic work is or how, what it looks like, can you describe that? Sure. Yeah. And of course, I mean, somatic just means body, right? So like just somatic work is, and, you know, I've learned a lot from Peter Levine mm -hmm. and his work and somatic experiencing and, and, and what I do typically is, you know, we're really just going into going back into the body and cultivating an awareness of sensations and, and charges and activations that are there, right? So if the, and we can, and it can be, they don't have to explain and retell their story either. They don't, we don't have to go into it and, and tell the whole history. The body holds that information as energy and just going in there and really finding where that is. And it's so fascinating how, our emotions just really do a number on our physical body. Oh, 
and yep. we go in there and we say, you know, I know that I would do it and like my head just get would get so over activated and I would have, which is no, I mean, I've had migraines since I was seven years old. So it was always in the head. And I mean, I have like Virgo sun and Virgo moon. So of course it's all in the head, right? <laughs> But like just my head would get so activated and it would move all over the place. So I would just go in and notice the sensations of like, okay, what does it feel like? There's a lot of pressure on the top of my head. And then just allowing that pressure to be felt and acknowledged and then giving it an opportunity without trying to fix or change anything to allow it to move and change. And it's so fascinating what happens whenever you actually go in and feel those sensations and acknowledge them and -hmm. let them be felt Mm -hmm. and then allow them to move or change. And I've, I've been combining that with a bit of emotional resolution too. So we kind of go in and we we're feeling the sensations and people who have like, you know, big, big, you know, like people who have autoimmune conditions and people who have a lot of a lot of medical issues and we're going in and feeling this physical pain in the body there's often a lot of emotion attached to it too yeah and so it's a bit of shadow work where we're going in and we're like how does this feel and what like what emotions are there and giving a name to the emotions And when they start to call out a name like frustration and fear and all of those things, then, then the emotion comes up and out to be released. Mm -hmm. And then the pain starts to transmute. Yeah. That's fascinating how that works. eh? Jen and I both use a process called emotional release with our clients and same concept. And it's it's powerful. It is powerful. It, you know, I was diagnosed with interstitial cystitis or bladder pain syndrome back Mm -hmm. in 2013. Mm -hmm. And that has been my exact journey, kind of what you just described Mm -hmm. was it was completely tied to my nervous system. And Mm -hmm. it was that my, so when you were talking about your head and that, you know, my struggling with migraines, for me, it's my bladder, my pelvic Mm -hmm. floor. Mm -hmm. And it, it's taken years and years and years of this work to connect with that. And that's, you know, I'm so fortunate. It's so grateful that I had some really, really fabulous supports and Mm -hmm. therapists and, you know, to help me, but, and it was, it was nutrition working with a naturopath and an osteopath. So, you know, it looked like those two practitioners for me, but really like, and once I started to learn that this was actually tied to my nervous system Mm -hmm. and that there were things I could do for that, it was so empowering. Whereas when I was in the early days of it and I was given that diagnosis and frankly given a prescription that, Mm -hmm. you know, that may or may not work, I felt so powerless. And Mm -hmm. I I was in this space of, Oh my God, like, this is it. This Mm -hmm. is what I have to deal with. And, and so on that journey and learning that that was my unexpressed emotion Mm -hmm. and starting to peel back those layers has been, it's no easy no easy task um, but yeah. it is it is interesting I think I just wanted to share that in terms of what you touch on and how mm-hmm. many not everything but mm-hmm. how much of what we struggle with especially on a chronic basis 
is unprocessed emotion mm -hmm. in the body. Mm -hmm. So I'd like I'd like to comment on that, Jane, because you also, what you didn't mention is that you also um, supplement your current state with nutrition and with food. And there is a very mm -hmm. strong balanced component to what you consciously eat and include in your diet to maintain the integrity of that, of both your nervous system and your overall well-being. And mm -hmm. I would argue mm -hmm. a lot of us do that naturally, mm -hmm. um, like unconsciously, but we need a way shower in many cases. And if sometimes mm -hmm. it is easier to numb with alcohol or other substances, because it's just easier, it's convenient, yeah. it's socially acceptable. Mm -hmm. I don't have to adjust my diet. I don't, don't have to do anything quote unquote hard to do it. But the long-term effects are, there was usually resulting a chronic illness yeah. of that unprocessed emotion. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's still about like giving ourselves grace too, because yeah. it's like everything that we do is a need for safety. And when people, I mean, if you've had like, if like, if somebody's nervous system sends them into like, you know, all nervous breakdown territory and drinking a glass of wine is going to cut that down by just a little bit go drink a glass of wine. Yeah. Right. right? Go do the same thing with like, there's no absolutes to anything yeah. where even in the, the, like, when you think about like, okay, first like nutrition first as natural as possible. Then if prescriptions are necessary, then prescriptions, if then if surgery is necessary, last resort. Right. Yeah. And that it, it's like, whatever we need to do i mean there's time like i can go so far into that but it's it's just so helpful to have information have an understanding of you know the more information we have the better the more tools that we have to support ourselves the better it's it's something that you know for me i know that healing is a lifelong process mm -hmm. And I am always going to be having to manage and maintain my trauma at some level and just keeping like, just caring for it. Yeah. Which means like using the nutrition, using the somatic work, knowing when I'm not expressing my emotions properly. And I like now know the areas that it naturally goes and there are days that like, you know, I like, I'll notice like my shoulders all the way up to my ear again. And it's, you know, those stress and trauma responses and having, and going, Oh, I know now to go back into the body. I need to make yeah. sure that I'm not eating you know, too much chocolate or. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so fascinating how it does follow that rule of the whatever it will find the easiest route and so yeah. wherever you know that experience you've had before it's not you know it's not like a one fix flick the switch oh you'll never have that problem again it's more that your body holds will still hold that cellular memory and that unexpressed emotion needs to go somewhere so it's like oh we've lived here before so we'll just we'll just park ourselves here until they have a chance. Absolutely. To, That's my relationship yeah. now with my bladder yeah, with pain. The bladder. It's, 
and I've said, you know, Jen knows she's followed me now for a couple of years on this where I'm like, oh gosh, it's back. And, Mm -hmm. and it really forces me now, but I've had to, I've had to form that relationship with it. You know, it, it's an interesting journey, right? Where it, it's been such a teacher and it, at one point, you know, I pretty much have it like 90 to 95% managed, mm-hmm. um, where I just, it doesn't bother me. And at one point, I think I had been a couple of years without any symptoms. And I was like, ah, okay. Like I've healed myself mm-hmm. and I'm never going to have this again. And then I remember the first time it came back, it took me out like mentally, I was mm-hmm. just my anxiety and like the confusion. And I thought I dealt with this. And now I've come to that place where I'm like, okay, like, mm-hmm. like Jen said, like, that's, that's the spot in my body that, mm-hmm. you know, the weakness maybe is, and I, I need to have that relationship with it and see it as that reminder of, okay, what do I need to pay attention to? Where am I out of alignment or the thing? Mm-hmm. And holding loving space for that, you yeah. know, it's like these aspects of ourselves that didn't have an opportunity to get expressed at some point and just going back and loving and nurturing them as opposed to even going into the, the shame spiral of like, mm-hmm. what did I, where I went? Yep. I caused all of this. I did this to myself. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much there where it's like tending to those parts of ourselves again. It's like, Oh, you know, I just didn't acknowledge this, this care for this aspect of myself. And now I have an opportunity to, to do that and, and give that what it needs. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful reframe. You have the opportunity to take a deeper, more loving care of yourself and mm-hmm. give your body what it needs or, or your whole system what it needs, all of your bodies. I always get these visions of different aspects of myself and then I'm like meeting myself and caring for myself again, mm. you know, like a little child self or a little, and just really nurturing that peace. And, you know, I, I, my whole reparenting process, I've just created this, like <laughs> split myself up sometimes and create this little committee and <laughs> care, care for myself that way. And, just like, oh, this one piece of myself that didn't get acknowledged and held, and I'm going to hold her now and let her be seen and felt and acknowledged. Wow, beautiful. So we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, on the food side, caffeine and mm-hmm. the alcohol and some of, those, some of those that we kind of also are more mainstream and know. Mm-hmm. Are there any... Um, Sorry, my doorbell just rang and that totally distracted me. Real life <laughs> happening here. Um, are there any sort of things that from a dietary, nutrition, herbal perspective that are sort of mainstays for you or for your clients that you'd feel comfortable sharing? Now, I know it's very individualized, mm-hmm. um, but you know, are there any sort of tips or things that you would be comfortable sharing around that? That's just kind of a general, like these things are always just you yeah. know, great to have in the back of your mind yeah so one herb that I typically draw on a lot and is pretty uh pretty neutral like a, most people unless some celiacs it may not work for it's an herb called oat straw which is oat straw or oat grass um grow it's from the same plant as oats right as our oatmeal 
um, but oat straw. And so it, for celiacs, of course, anybody, it, oat straw is naturally gluten-free, but it's very important for them to just check for cross-contamination, make sure it's right. certified gluten-free. That's the only catch caveat to that. But otherwise it's very gentle herb. Oat straw is a very sweet herb, which is, is, you know, most herbs are a bit more bitter and it is full of calcium, magnesium, lysine, silica, so nourishing and so soothing to the nervous system that it's just so calming and you know when people can leverage oat straw it can really like start to help get better sleep and just starting to just feel more calm and supportive and just getting all of those nutrients in there it's just a really fantastic herb so that's one of my favorites for supporting the nervous system because there's a lot that i mean i don't recommend like once there's a lot of things where it's like we're all bio-individual. We can share general information, but you know, one person it can be medicine and another person it can be poison. And mm. so it's always important to just know that. And but oat straw works pretty well for most people. That's great. And what about what about nutrition wise? So are there things that so we've talked about caffeine and alcohol and we've talked about mm -hmm. fiber um and the beans are there other sort of because i mean food is typically obviously yes people have sensitivities or allergies mm -hmm. so with that aside though you know food is always the nature's the medicine thing. right and yeah it is it is and so whole foods uh, and you know organic if possible and just whole foods beans and right. rice I, all the time like just beans and rice like <laughs> beans and rice will save all the, the survivor problems, diet right <laughs> beans and rice no but so i mean dairy can be a big activator so there are foods that are that are like hey you know these are things to be mindful of obviously dairy and gluten 70 mm percent -hmm. of the population can't tolerate gluten 50 percent of that 70 percent can't tolerate dairy those are things that are going to activate the system and cause yeah. And I mean, issues. the easy thing with food is like you say, we're all bio-individuals. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah. you know, we hear a lot of this, like, and, and all of this back and forth of, you know, gluten and dairy are bad and the devil. And then mm -hmm. the other side going like, this is, you know, this is mm -hmm. just another thing from the wellness industry, you know, mm -hmm. but it's the, one of those things where it's, anyone can try it. Like, you know, I went off gluten and dairy cause I was feeling horrible last year. And I was like, okay, I'm really going to do this. Like, mm -hmm. I just need to see how I feel. And it is the gluten for me. It mm -hmm. definitely causes bloating and other digestive upset. The dairy is fine yeah. for me. So yeah, me too. it's not, you know, so. Yeah. And it, some people say when they cut out the gluten, that the dairy seems to be more tolerable. And so mm -hmm. everybody is different. Some people have a great relationship with dairy. Some people have a great relationship with gluten. Really, it's about, I mean, you know, some of the obvious things like fried foods are not going to be, those yeah. are not great. Sugar is not great. Mm -hmm. Like sugar is going to activate the nervous system. It's going to trigger anxiety. It's a, it's also a depressant. So it's going to, I mean, it just sends everything haywire, haywire. 
-hmm. caffeine obviously but there are some people who have great relationship with caffeine too and you know people who struggle with depression a little bit of caffeine may help them for a little while it's just important to know that it'll compound in the system it's you know harder to break down but if it's somebody that's like hey let me use caffeine as opposed to something else right fine and so that's where it's like everything is very flexible there's no absolutes but the best thing that you can what i always say for anybody you know, we got to meet people where they're at. If somebody's eating McDonald's every single day, I'm telling them just maybe try to cook some food at home, whatever, finding something that you like and start there. Like, let's start by shifting from going to McDonald's every single day to cook a home cooked meal and finding things that you like and that you enjoy to start with. Because if we go from, and then when we're in trauma healing, like, it takes a long time to start to untangle mm-hmm. all of these responses to things. And so when we go in and say, hey, do the bean protocol, and there's this huge long list of the way to do things, and you know, people who have addictive tendencies that could go <gasps> and go all in, and then it's not sustainable. Or people right. like me would get totally overwhelmed and not know where to start. Or get just totally like, overwhelmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that's like, you know what? I'm just going to eat potato chips. <laughs> And so it's all about like having that understanding, knowing it's a process and it's a lifelong process with nutrition and just with healing, like caring for ourselves and caring for our body. It really does sound like everything you're saying. It's like that it starts with that relationship to self mm -hmm. and just Mm -hmm. learning how to be in relationship with your body and with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our in our emotions... Like we can use food to make up for, you know, sugar is a big one. And I wrote a post a while ago about that of like, you know, reaching for sugar to make up for a loveless day. Mm. Mm. Right. Because so. like those emotions, like we're not getting, feeling nourished in our lives. And so then the food is there to fill that space such a key element to that of filling it is literally filling the gap with food whatever that gap may be whether it's experiential emotional um physical for some reason but there's it's not that anyone is less than whole because i do believe that everyone is whole Mm -hmm. whole as in Mm w-h-o-l-e and at the same time when we perceive or believe set up a belief pattern or a thought pattern of lack then we will reach for something else to fill that space mm-hmm. oh lovely yeah. Oh. yeah and yeah so as we go into this because this episode's going out in december around the holiday season mm-hmm. um what are some maybe sort of three simple tips or three easy I'm going to say easy in a broad term, three simple ways that people can begin to bring awareness to either habits or improving their relationship with themselves, trauma and nutrition. So one thing that they can do as far as nutrition is concerned, you can, you you can work with ways to crowd out the need for 
the seemingly unhealthy food. So if it's like, oh, I don't want to overeat, I don't want to do, you know, a bunch of sugar, then maybe look at, you know, making sweet vegetables and root vegetables. And so, and it's a beautiful time to do that, working mm -hmm. with sweet potatoes and beets and all of those yummy carrots. And I know I was making like this huge pan of, of roasted root vegetables and just mixing all kinds of sweet potatoes and, and um, butternut squash and mm -hmm. carrots and everything and just making this really delicious pan. And the more nutrient dense foods you get in that will keep from overeating and reaching for empty non-nourishing foods. And if you're, if you're looking to any sort of specific diet or trying to just stick to being healthy, you maybe consider, you know, if you're going somewhere else, you know, I know a lot of people can get, have food triggers of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go here. And what if there's not anything that I can eat and I want to be polite and I want to, you know, bring a dish bring a dish or two that you can share of things that you like that, you know, you can eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those one. are really great ways to make sure that you, you know, don't, don't eat the wrong things or you're not, you know, reaching for stuff that's not going to make you feel good. I think but then I also just giving yourself grace too, right? It's the holidays. Mm -hmm. caring for yourself in a way that's like don't make it a big thing of like yeah try not to make that because that's going to be traumatizing too you're going to traumatize yeah, yourself by right? yeah by stressing out about the diet and that like it's like just relax give yourself grace trust yourself trust that you have you know like more information now than you did before and it's okay and then just, you know, doing the things to keep yourself staying on top of your self-care, right? Getting enough sleep. Yeah. Loving yourself and just trusting, trusting that you're, you're doing the best that you can do in the moment with the information that you have. I love that. I have a small addition addendum to that is that yeah. most guests if you're heading out for the holiday season most hosts these days are aware of dietary needs and are aware and like nearly always ask are there any special dietary needs or requests and so I would also add like don't feel bad about stating your requests and stand in the power of what feels right for you for your body and for your well-being mm -hmm. and you know most, most places are going to have a veggie platter of some kind and, you know, or salad or like you said, those root vegetables, those are great places. I love a good pan, roasted vegetable pan, you know, so with the, oh, yeah. Dijon dressing. We should do a recipe episode one day and be like, oh, here's our. I have so many recipes. <laughs> How many ways can you <laughs> make beans? Maybe we should do that. We'll add some show notes. We'll add some right. recipes into the show notes. There Friends who are calling me the bean evangelist. Because <laughs> I was like, we'd be sitting there and they're like, well, I just don't know how to do it. I'm like, oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Beans. 
Okay, so that's that's decided. So we're going to add a bean recipe from Laura to the show notes. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're going to have to provide us with your favorite bean recipe, Laura. Okay, yeah. well, uh, later today. And Jane and I will will throw ours in there too because it is the holidays. So it's a nice time yeah. to, uh, I to share some recipes. I do have a really good chickpea uh, recipe that I like. So yeah, there you yeah, go. See? Look at that. I'll, I'll share another beanie or roasted vegetable type recipe me and beans don't always get along it's a family it's a family trait so just gonna leave that there bio-individual we're all bio-individual it's a lot of it's a lot of fun at the holiday party with all the beans exactly hey everybody how about we open all the windows (laughs) amazing um, was there any last piece of wisdom or advice that you would like to share with our listeners today, Laura, around yeah. uh, nutrition well, just, and trauma? Yeah, well, I, you know, and I just want to like circle it back around to just say that, you know, care of the soul is more important than care of the body. Mm. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So for people who are, who are ne- maybe struggling with the body part, mm-hmm. the, the body, physical body thing, I move inward, deeper, and upward, I guess, suppose would be a nice way to think about it. Just be yeah. like, what does my soul need right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We all need a lot of soul care right now. That's actually what I, when I started out in this work in health coaching, the word self-care really just didn't land for me. I struggled with it. Um, not that I resisted doing it, but it felt a little bit um, superficial. Yeah. And I started calling it soul care. And it was like, I started, I had to reframe that like, you know, this work I'm doing is actually for my soul and my spirit first Mm -hmm. and foremost. And that really helped me. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way to end. Very profound. It is so true. Take care of your souls, everybody. We, we, we care for your souls. So you, you take care for your souls on that beautiful soul felt note. We'll leave it here. Thank you so much, Laura, for being our guest again. Thank you. It was a delight to have you. Jane and I are signing off and we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. One last love note for you all and for your soul. We are inviting you to experience a trauma healing course with Laura. It starts in January and I'm going to hand this over to her to tell you more about it. So it's a four-week class that starts on January the 15th. It'll be every Saturday from 10 to 12 Central Time over Zoom. All classes are recorded and replays are provided. We'll be going into understanding trauma in the nervous system, exploring the physiological and psychological effects of trauma. We'll be doing some somatic and emotional resolution practices. We'll be talking about ancestral and intergenerational and racialized trauma. I'll have a guest speaker who will be speaking to uh, her experiences with racialized trauma and teaching on that. And she'll also talk about art as a medium for trauma healing. And then we'll have two yoga classes. One is a nervous system reset, and then we'll do some somatic movement and release. We'll talk about co-regulation, self-regulation, addiction, codependency, and then understanding nutrition, how to leverage nutrition and herbs to heal and regulate the nervous system. 
And then we're also doing a sound healing journey at the end of of the last week. So we'll We'll wrap it up with a beautiful somatic movement class and a um, and a sound healing journey for everyone. And how can people register? So they can find me on Instagram at laura.cradock or they can go, that's really the best way. So if anybody's on Instagram, go to laura.cradock at Instagram and all of the information is in my link tree, my bio. And we'll put links to that in our show notes as well. Yeah. And if they don't have, if they don't have Instagram, they can email me at info at lauracraddock.co. C-O. And And Craddock is C-R-A-D-D-O-C-K. Yes. Amazing. So this episode goes out on Tuesday, December 7th. And I believe that you have a special price for today only, December 7th. Am I correct? Yes, that is correct. It's $50 off for early bird pricing on if they register today. And then after that, registration deadline ends January the 8th. So we do encourage everyone to pre-register to secure their spot because space is limited. Amazing. So don't delay. Reach out to Laura on Instagram. Get into her amazing trauma healing course and I'll see you there for sure and I can't wait thank you thanks Laura thank you bye bye thanks for joining us for these conscious combos if you're ready to dive deeper head on over to wearejenandjane.com to continue the conversation if you love this episode please take a moment to share it with your friends or your network and leave us a review by going to apple podcasts Find us on Instagram at wearejenandjane and let us know what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of. We'd love to hear from you.